0: So today is week two of our summer worship series, God at the Movies. We've been gathering together on Friday evenings to watch a film together and then talking about it on the following Sunday morning. This past Friday, a pretty large group of us gathered in the gym to watch Mary Poppins Returns. It was so much fun. The popcorn really was delicious. We've got one of those like professional popping machines. You have got to come. That's all I'm saying. So, we know that God is speaking to us always in all the circumstances of our lives, but oftentimes we don't have the ears to hear. So, this coming Friday and the following Friday, we're going to gather again for two more movies and talk about those on the following Sundays as we continue to practice throughout the month of July how to listen for God speaking to us, even in the movies. Let's pray. By your spirit, help us to listen with the ears of our hearts for what you would say to us, God, and hold me up, Lord, that I might lift you up. Amen. So today as we listen for God's word in a reading from the prophet Isaiah, I want you to pay special attention because you will have a response intermittently throughout the reading. We're gonna practice it once before we begin. When I signal to you, these yellow words will appear on the screen. Jemima, she's on it. This is why we practice, right? It's like magic. When these words appear on the screen and I signal to you, you will read these words. Let's try it. And? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Very good. You don't have to read the address, Jeff. (laughs) Hear now this reading. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into content the land of Zebulun and the land of Natali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined." You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Jesus said,
1: I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will
0: never walk in darkness, but will have the light of my life. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah is talking to a people who have witnessed and experienced great suffering at the hands of the Assyrians. Isaiah was a southern prophet. He proclaimed the word of the Lord to the southern kingdom of Judah during the reigns of four successive kings and at least two major moments in the history of the Israelite people, the Syro-Ephraimite War and the Assyrian invasion. During both circumstances, when Judah was backed into a corner, its kings turned to foreign powers for help. And in both cases, they paid a very steep price as a result. When King Ahaz turned to Assyria for help during the Syro-Ephraimite War, They succeeded in their defense against the northern kingdom, but they became vassals of Assyria and were required to pay tribute on an annual basis. And then, decades later, in an attempt to rebel against Assyria, King Hezekiah turned to Egypt for help, help that unfortunately never came. Causing Assyria to retaliate, and when they did, they conquered all the cities surrounding Jerusalem, and they only spared Jerusalem when King Hezekiah agreed once again to pay tribute. Throughout these events, Isaiah preached over and over and over again to the kings in the south that only when they chose to turn and rely on God would Judah ultimately prevail. Now Zebulun and Naphtali, referred to in our reading, they were territories in the northern kingdom that were defeated and captured by Assyria beginning in around 732 BCE. It was after the Syro-Ephraimite War, but before Judah's rebellion against Assyria. The people had certainly walked in darkness. They had lived in a land of deep darkness, For decades, they'd suffered a great deal of loss, the loss of their independence. They had lost their homes, many of them. Certainly, they'd lost their way of life. There was probably not any of them who had not lost someone they loved dearly. This darkness had become a deep depression, a despair that was felt by a people who'd been devastated by destruction, death, death deportation, when we've suffered a great loss, when we are lost, when we walk in darkness, we forget. We forget what it's like to experience joy. We have a tendency to lose hope in a future where there might be peace and justice once again, where there's singing and dancing. We lose hope in a future where there might be Light and life. Well, the Banks family have lost a great deal. Michael and Jane Banks from the previous movie, they're all grown up now. Jane is living on her own and following in her mother's footsteps. She's become an activist. She is advocating for the rights of workers. Michael has married. He now lives in the family home. He's had three children of his own, Georgie, John, and Annabelle. But in the year leading up to the beginning of this movie, the children have lost their mother, Michael, his wife. And since she died, their family has walked in darkness. They've become disconnected from one another. Michael is depressed. He's not functioning well at all. And now, at the beginning of the movie, they teeter on the brink of losing their home to the bank because Michael has failed to keep current the payments on a loan that's secured by their home. The one hope they have is of finding a certificate that proves that they own bank shares valued at enough to pay off that loan, but that's lost too. And they only have a few days to find it. Now the children who've grown up way too fast In an effort to fix things, they've decided that they're going to sell a treasured bowl that belonged to their mother. But as they clamor over it, in their excitement, they break the bowl. They attempt then to go and talk to the men at the bank on their father's behalf, but that ends up in a very uncomfortable confrontation that almost causes their father to lose his job. They've lost everything. Most importantly, they've lost their joy despairing over their many losses, as they walk home after being at the bank, the children get lost in a fog. Suddenly, everything is so dark and they can't find their way home.
1: Now we've done it, haven't we?
0: I don't think I've ever seen Father Russ upset the loss before. But
1: we were telling the truth. It doesn't matter, Georgie. We got him into trouble and he doesn't even know that we broke Mother's bowl. Everything we tried to fix, we've only made worse. Why would you ask me? The three of you are leading the way, after all. Ah! But we were... Walking around in a fog. No, we weren't. I mean, we are in a fog, but we were only talking. Yes, too focused on where you've been to pay attention to where you're going. But Father told us to go straight home. he will be furious oh, if we're late. Not much to be done about that now, is there? Are we lost, then? That would depend on where you want to go. Yeah! At your service. Say, what's with all the glum faces? Lost sixpence and found a penny? We've made a mess of everything. Father's furious with well, We us. can't find our way home. Lost? Are you Mary
0: Bobbins? Hopelessly. They're hopelessly lost. They've tried really hard to fix things, but everything they've tried to fix, they've only made worse, relying on their own devices in an attempt to lead the way themselves, they continue to walk in a deep darkness. They can't find their way home. Those living in Judah had lost their way. Walking in darkness, they'd made wrong turns. Over and over again, they'd turned toward foreign, unfamiliar powers and hopes that they might light the way, provide some sort of protection during their crises, Each turn, though, has only led them into deeper and deeper darkness, more desperate times than before. After King Hezekiah rebels and Assyria conquers most of the southern kingdom, they are surrounded by, and now again beholden to, their enemy. There's nowhere left for them to turn. Many biblical scholars believe that our reading, this prophetic poem that we read a moment ago, was originally written after the Syro-Ephraimite war and the Assyrian um, defeat and deportation of the northern kingdom, but before King Hezekiah's rebellion. They believe that it was originally written to celebrate the coronation of Hezekiah. In light of the humiliation and pain and the deep Loss that the northern kingdom had suffered and in light of the southern kingdom's new status as vassal of Assyria, Isaiah's words evoke a profound hope for the reign of this descendant of David. At its writing, scholars believe that the light that Isaiah referred to was King Hezekiah, the one who would lead them back to a time of peace and justice, a time that was free of the burden of foreign oppression And in ancient Judah, when a Davidic monarch was anointed king, they became a son of God, a son of Yahweh, imbued with the authority of God. And Hezekiah did turn the southern kingdom back toward God. He did make some strides. He initiated sweeping religious reforms. He destroyed religious idols, and he recaptured some Philistine-occupied lands, And formed some, what he thought, were some strategic alliances. One of those was with Egypt. Now we can't know what would have happened if King Hezekiah had listened to Isaiah. What would have happened if he had turned to God in his desperate attempt to gain independence from Assyria for Judah. We do know what happened when he turned to Egypt instead. More darkness. The light remained elusive, and yet still a symbol of hope for the future. The book of Isaiah was written and redacted over several hundred years, scholars think, and this hope in this coming light was reinterpreted along the way to speak to and to provide hope for subsequent generations. This hope in the light was extended to those who came after King Hezekiah, In later chapters, Isaiah speaks to the people who would eventually be conquered and deported by King Nebuchadnezzar, who destroyed Jerusalem in the 6th century. And the book speaks to those who suffer in this captivity for almost 50 years. And in its latest chapters, scholars believe Isaiah is speaking to those who are eventually allowed to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. The Banks children finally find their hope and their way back home in the light. Jack reminds them that if a spark can start inside your heart, then you can always find the way.
1: Well, I'm no expert. But if ever I lose my way, I just look for a little light to guide me. Let's say you're lost in a park. Sure, you can give in to the dark. Or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. When you're alone in your room, your choice is just embrace the gloom. Or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. For if you hide under the covers, you might never see the day. But if a spark can start inside your heart, then you can always find the way. So when life is getting dreary, just pretend that you're a leery as you trip a little light. Fantastic with me. What's a leery? Why, it's what we lamplighters call ourselves, of course. Time to send up the call to arms. Leeries, trip the lights and lead the way. When you're stuck in the mist Sure, you can struggle and resist Or you can trip a little like fantastic with me Now say you're lost in the crowd Well, you can stamp and scream out loud Or you can trip a little like fantastic with me O'Leary loves the edge of night Though dim to him the world looks bright He's got the gift of second sight To trip a little light, fantastic O'Leary's job is to light the way To take the light and make it day. We mimic the moon, yes that's our aim For so we are keep us up the rain. And if you're deep inside a tunnel And there is no end in sight Well just carry on until the dawn It's darkest right before the light Now what do we do? Well just as Jack said, we follow the light.
0: Poppin says, in the very depths of their gloom, in their darkest hour, they are reminded to look for and follow the light. And as the Learys light the way, they learn to trip the light fantastic, which means to dance nimbly. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out. <laughs> it's a playful expression of joy. This is the turning point for them. Hope restored. They find their way home. They find their way back to each other. The bank's family, they discover the bank shares have been used to patch holes in an old beloved kite, and through a series of impossible possibilities, they get them to the bank in the nick of time where the bank owner, who has been absent throughout the movie, inexplicably appears and rescues them from the bank manager, who is his nephew, who's been plotting to repossess their home. All is well, once again, in the bank's home. Michael says, I never thought I'd feel so much joy and wonder again. That's what it's like to walk in darkness. When we live in deep darkness, it often feels like we will never experience joy and wonder again. Isaiah's prophesied hope in a great light that will shine on a people who have walked in deep darkness extends to us. From a Christian perspective, we've interpreted this prophecy to point to Jesus Christ, a child we understand to have been born to us, an eternal light, a light that can never be extinguished. That's the power of prophecy. It speaks across time and through the ages to all people. And in this case, it speaks of a great and eternal hope. It speaks to those who are walking in darkness. It is a hope. It is a word of the Lord that we still today desperately need to hear over and over again. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And they will have the light of life. Jesus promises us that. Our hope is in this light. This one who is our light. A light that has come and a light that is not yet fully realized, a light in which we continue to place our hope. It's a spark inside our hearts that lead us home, that inspire us to act on behalf of peace and justice. It's a light that we are meant to shine for the world, the light of life that reveals a love that constantly returns us, leads our way back to God, back to each other. It's the light of the one who has come and who leads the way for us in whatever darkness we find ourselves. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, the light, fantastic. Amen.